Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Welcome and good morning, good afternoon, good evening to another edition of Dis After Dark. Uh, I'm Nick, and this week I am joined by P-Dubs for Washington. Hello. And hopefully, if he can join us, uh, we might even get a little bit of time with Chris Ripley. Uh, but we'll wait and see on that. But uh, we do have a very special guest with us this week. Um, so, uh, special guest, would you like to uh, introduce yourself to the listeners? Well, uh, hi there, I'm, I'm Axel. Maybe uh, a few of you will uh, know me better as uh, Curious Axel. I uh, have some Disney adventures going on on YouTube and, and still does. So, hi, everybody. <laughs> and thank you very much uh, for joining us tonight. What, what is it that makes you curious? I'm going I'm to kick straight off with the hard-hitting questions. Um Actually, the the true story behind that was um, I didn't want I, I didn't have a, a name that was like uh, something catchy or popular. So I made a list out of a few options, which I could call my channel, uh, which all had my first name, but not my last name. And basically, Curious Axel came out of it just because every time I typed it in Google Curious, that was a little monkey, Curious George, coming on there. And I said, well, it's going to be Curious Axel from, from now on. So that's, that's the name. That's, that's actually everything. Nothing more behind that. Just uh, I have a difficult name, so I just kept it with Curious Axel. <laughs> I, I, personally, I don't think uh, Axel is a particularly hard name to say. Maybe you can struggle with it. I don't know. Axel was quite okay. It's my last name that they, they struggle with. So that's why I kept the last name away. And, and uh, it, it's good like that. So Keeps the air of mystery around as well, I think. It, it does. It does. I, I don't think I'm that mysterious. Mostly people will know a lot of the things we do and we go to in the parks. Uh, we do not tend to, to show them that much of our personal life or work-related stuff. But they see all the happy things, so I think that's the most important important thing. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, now, we didn't pre-warn you to this, uh, Axel, but um, what we do, we like to start each and every show the same way, uh, which is with uh, going around uh, the virtual pub table. Um, spoiler alert, listeners. Uh, we're not actually sat around a pub table. That's, that's all make-believe. Uh, but we do have a drink. Um, so I'm going to start off with what are you drinking and P-Dubs, what are you drinking this week? Uh, same as you, good sir. I am on a bit of a health kick, um, to get myself ready for this full marathon in a couple of months. So once again, just a glass of water. A very, a very sensible choice. You can be designated driver, I suppose. Um, Axel, are you drinking tonight? I, I, while drinking, yeah, it, it's I'm recording in Europe time, so it's only 
an hour of difference, but it has been a long day. So it's a big uh, pot of coffee to to keep me going for for the night. Wow, 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 wow! Considering, uh, yeah, so so uh, you're recording this about ten o'clock at night. I I'd stopped drinking coffee about six hours ago uh, because if I, was, if I was drinking coffee now, I probably wouldn't get to sleep tonight. So that's that's a brave brave move if I do say so. Um, Yes, P-Dubs, you're right. I am on a bit of a health kick this year. Or, or, yeah, well, yeah, I suppose this year. However, it doesn't stop me drinking. And I've got a another Harbour Antipodean IPA, um, which I will uh, nice and cold from the fridge. And... Ah, there we go. So, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Mm. Cheers. Right. Now, we kind of talked a little bit at the beginning about your background you you introduced yourself and said um about your youtube channel so i suppose what i wanted to kind of um understand is is how you started um on on your journey to youtube stardom well youtube we we have been i have been going to to the park since i was very little so i never knew anything else than on disneyland (laughs) And then the first time we went to Walt Disney World, we said, hey, we have to prepare for that. It's like way bigger than Disneyland Paris. Mm. So we started watching uh, vlogs. And uh, most of them were uh, the Tim Tracker mouse steps. Those were the, the big ones that we were watching to prepare ourselves to that big trip. And I was thinking, like, maybe it would be cool for someone to have that same thing uh, of Disneyland Paris giving a different uh, perspective of, of how things go around the parks. And then that's when, when I picked it up and tried to do uh, with our, my, my normal camera, with, with an old Sony camera, starting to the first uh, video. And now we're about like you know, two and a half years later and still going on. Wow. That's excellent. So um, you mentioned that you, you've kind of not known much other than like going to disney from a young age um so if you don't mind me asking um when did you first go and whereabouts in europe are you are you from i'm from uh, belgium where we have like a three-hour drive to disneyland paris mm-hmm. and if i'm not mistaken my first visit to disneyland paris as a youngster must have been end of march in 92 so I think a week or two weeks before the, the actual opening of the park. Wow. So you would have gone, I, I suppose, you'd have gone to the, like the visitation center they had? I, I had been a few times to the visitation center, so to the, the, the preview center. Yes. And then um, end of March, there was a preview in the Disneyland Park for uh, cast members and family. So as a little boy, I was part of that and I was able to to check out the park uh, before it actually opened. Okay. Yeah, because I don't, I don't actually think I've spoken to anybody who's, who's ever done that. Uh, one, obviously, went and, and visited the park before the kind of big opening, um, but also saw that kind of... Um, I, I don't know how to describe it, because I suppose in some ways it was a bit like a big exhibition, um, the visitor centre, uh, and I think it was there for about two years before it opened, something like that. It, it was something like that. Although I don't remember that much of it, you know, I, I 
I was very young, so the, the only things that I, I remember is when we got to go there. I don't know if we were lucky, but but uh, we got to see Mickey or Pluto. So as a young kid, that was the thing that that you right. liked the most. And and if I look back at the pictures today, I'm still like amazed that they had actually characters in there. And I was like, hmm. well, so yeah. I mean, it, it. Sorry. It it was yeah. I mean. As a young kid, it's the only things that you remember are, are the characters. I remember the building from the exterior, but then everything that was going on on the inside, I, yeah, I mean, it's so long ago. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. And it, I know you're not a woman, so this question won't probably be quite as offensive uh, as if you were, uh, but do you mind saying how old you are? Uh, in just about, if I'm not mistaken, two weeks I will be turning 32. Okay, wow. So yeah, I, was so, about, I was about six years old uh, when when the park opened. Yes, yeah, because I, uh, I, w- I went that summer. I went in the July, and I just turned nine at the time when I went. So I do, I do funnily enough, I do have um, memories of that first trip. Um, there are certain things that I can remember from that trip. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's still fairly vague, uh, and you was a few years younger. So yeah, your memory is probably going to be even more hazy than that. But I think there was certain things, especially like meeting characters for the first time. They're probably memories that you'll never, ever forget. No, especially not when, uh, something that you don't see, um, anymore now is that when you were standing at the gate or the actual park to get in. The characters were actually standing on the first uh, entry zone, so in front of the station, wow. from the entry gate. So and you had a few characters over there before you actually entered uh, Town Square and Main Street. And those are the things like run up to that character and try to, to grab your picture with it. And and I do remember uh, way more uh, characters on, on Town Square and way more than we have today. Mm. P-Dubs, do you um, have you ever seen anything to do with the visitor center? I I've seen things about not only that one. I know they had the one in Florida as well for a long time. But I've not seen loads about it. But it, it's fascinating that despite the fact that there's nothing really to to go and see, that it was a hustling and bustling venue. So that's that's great to hear that there was there was characters and things in there for people to meet when they came to see what was what was happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think the building is still there. Um, uh, it's it's on. I know it was on property, um, but I know it's. I, I know even if it's not if it's not there now, I know for a long time afterwards it was derelict. It was it was just completely empty and um, had been graffitied and kind of uh, you know messed about about inside. But um, yeah, do you know it, it's it still had- there? It, it was there for a long time, then they removed uh, the sorcerer's hat. Mm. And if I'm not mistaken, they tore it down, I think, a year or two ago. It can be that I'm mistaken, but it's gone now for sure. Right. Because they needed uh, the space for something else. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, um, yeah, it's incredible. So th- that's, a, that's a great uh, memory to have. Um, I never got to, you know, go to that, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I remember the the build up to to Disneyland Paris opening. I was so excited because I didn't even know I was going. 
Um, my first trip was a complete surprise, so I didn't know that I was going to be going. I was told, I remember being told that I would be taken at some point, um, but I was kind of led to believe that it would be years and years away. Um, and I remember um, watching the uh, the live uh, launch of Disneyland Paris on TV. Um, I think it was like a two-hour show or something, which was done, I think, the night before the park opened. Um, and I was just in complete awe. Um, you know, but you were there. You'd actually, you know, seen the, uh, like, the visitor centre. You'd you'd been there a bit early. So, you know, it completely different for you. But, uh, yeah, amazing. Amazing to speak to somebody that uh, has done that. Yeah, I remember that that night sitting with with the whole family watching uh, the opening, the grand opening of Disneyland Paris on TV. Uh, so that that was that's a night I still remember. You know, with all the famous people coming on screen and and uh, TT. Yeah, it, it, I still remember that very well. Well, speaking of famous people, uh, Chris Ripley's just joined. Uh, not that famous. Oh no no I I know I wasn't going to say that. What I was going to oh. say. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, Mister. Blow your own trumpet. No, I'm joking. I was kind of alluding to that, but I did try and get you in a trap because um, we're just talking about the the live TV event for Disneyland Paris. Mm-hmm. Now, I've obviously been doing some research, um, trying to get a, a book uh, written about Disneyland Paris, um, and I was interested to find out um, that because I I remember seeing this live show when it was on. It was on ITV. Did did you or P-Dubs, did you see it at all or remember seeing it? I honestly don't remember seeing it. I, know, I remember you the whole furore around the place. Yeah, with the, was... the whole thing of it opening, but I don't remember seeing it. I Obviously, I didn't visit Disney. My first visit wasn't until 2008, and that's Florida. So it was 2011 before I even visited DLP. Yeah. Um, it was never something that we really took much notice of when I was younger. And Mr. Ripley, so, do, you remember, do you remember seeing it at all? No, I've got like a vague inkling, but I can't remember it at all. Well, I'm not sure who would have hosted your version, Axel. I mean, I think what they tried to do was get celebrities that were well-known in the, in the localised countries. Um, I know who you're going to say now. Oh, beautiful. Especially <laughs> if you can watch on YouTube. It was hosted. Yeah. By, well, the UK version was hosted by the, the stunning combination of Pat Sharp and Matthew Kelly oh. wearing Canadian uh, wedding suits, double denim. Um, but the American broadcast was hosted by Don Johnson and uh, my, her name escapes me. Oh, God. Melanie Griffiths. They did the American broadcast. The content was was almost identical. There were a few differences uh, between the different shows, um, but uh, but yeah, they did they did the the American broadcast. So you know, I always just thought uh, you know that this was something that was on in the UK. It's only when you get older that you realise that it was actually broadcast around the world. Um, and, and Axel, I'm sure you your version had. Uh, you know, your own famous Belgian celebrities. Well, I, I remember we, we've watched the uh, French uh, okay. opening ceremony. So it was all uh, the, 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 the French uh, celebrities, if you can call them that. 
Um, but yeah, it, it was all French that night. <laughs> but it was amazing. Like when you look back on it now and think about this, because that two hour, it was essentially it was a two hour advert for Disneyland Paris that was broadcast on primetime TV in like nearly every country around the world. It's never been done since. There's never been that level of excitement and expectation since, which I think makes it even more staggering of what happened with Disneyland Paris. You know, and the fact that, you know, it did start to fail relatively quickly. Maybe that's why they haven't done it elsewhere. I don't know. Uh, I think the day and age has, has changed, obviously, when Shanghai opened, it was all over the internet instead. Yes. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose Live now, streaming. Yeah. I suppose we now live in a world where you can just do it and it's cheaper and easier to do so and you're, you're probably just going to reach as, you know, almost as many people by doing it that way as well. But, um, yeah, a completely, completely unique event. Um, Mr. Ripley, Axel, Axel, Christopher Ripley. Um, Axel was telling us how um, he actually got to go to Disneyland Paris before it even opened. Um, wow. He went to the... Um, what was it called, Axel? I keep calling it the Visitor Centre, but what was it actually called? Uh, it was called Espace Euro Disney in French. Yes. Uh, but it was very yeah. similar to, to like uh, a Blue Sky kind preview. of concept. Yeah, Preview Centre, yeah. Yeah, uh, for Disneyland Paris, which was there, I think, from 90 to 92. Just a few weeks shy of it opening. Um, and Axel, Where was it, Sorry? I think it opened up in 1990. I have to go back and look at my notes to remember for sure. What, the, this uh, preview? Yes. Yeah. Was that in the ground, I think? Yes. Or... Yeah. yeah, so it's, 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 on, it's on the Disneyland property. In fact, we were just talking about the fact that it only recently got torn down uh, where it was actually based. Oh, right. It obviously been gone a long time. Um, it was a derelict building, but they've, they've actually taken it away now. Um but uh, yeah, it's, one it's thing um, I do know that I found out very recently from a friend mm. of mine uh, was that a lot of the builders on the project were English. Yes. So if it overran, that was probably why. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I did get it open when they said they would do. You know, oh, okay. It may have been a week or two out, but uh, no, they were, they were pretty good for once, actually. It's mm. very, very unlike the British to uh, to be on time for something. But. Uh, yeah, so uh, P-Dubs, I've been waffling for ages, so no doubt we'll get some some tweets or emails slagging me off. Um, do you have any questions you want to ask Axel? Well, I was actually going to say, I I found you Axel by, I was looking for um, like a, a roundup of the, the half marathon weekend, um, but I'd, I'd run in as well and was kind of missing it, and that's, that was how I found your videos, and, and kind of over the last, what, four or five months since then i've i've kind of kept up with some of your <clears throat> your videos and it, actually the reason why why craig got in contact was i i passed on your your new year's eve videos to him um as he was looking at possibly planning something um i was going to ask you about the half marathon weekend did you do the first one as well yeah I, we did well the first one we only did the 5k um because we 
we really had in mind that we had to be uh, fit and about to do the half marathon and, and run it from start to end and then be in a very good condition. And then seeing people uh, doing it in, in three and a half, four hours, then I was like, okay, I've could have done it too. Uh, but the first time we only did the 5K and this year, uh, well, last year we did uh, all three of them. Yeah, same as May. Uh, you planning on doing this year's one? I do hope so. If uh, if it, it goes well for uh, the bips and, and uh, stuff, then yeah, yeah. Yeah, same as May. I, I haven't booked a package. I'm I'm planning on just buying the bib only. Um, but I, I think they, they're progressively getting better. They're certainly better organization last year than the first one was, except for obviously the selling of the bibs. Um, uh, well, hang on a second. What about the medals? Oh, well, yeah. The, <laughs> there was the medal problems as well, yeah. Um, but by all accounts, that has now been sorted. So. Well, yeah, they've been sacked. <laughs> no, I meant in, in the case of the medals have been sent out. Oh yes, well, um, yeah. So, Although it, it, it could have been, uh, they could have been do a better job because actually at the base it's just the, the runners, the guests that went and went for three, four times, and then uh, that same night people saw some uh, runners uh, rag over their four or five medals that they got uh, at Vapiano. And they were, they were saying, "Well, we went from one to another, and they kept giving us uh, giving us medals," and, and like. Oh, that's really nice for the ones that are behind you. So we were very lucky. We were in, in Coral B, like the first ones to leave after the A. Uh, so we were lucky, but uh, it's a bit unfortunate for, especially for the children who didn't get their medal that same night. Yeah, that that was the big problem. We we stuck around. We were we were still there as people were coming in. Um, lucky enough, we had got our own medals, but. It was it was so desperately sad to see the the children not get their medals. It is, it is, and um, I think they well. For example, uh, if you done uh, all three, um, the specialty bibbidi bobbidi boo uh, medal, you also had to pass someone that put a little cross on your uh, on your wristband or on your hand or I didn't know what I forgot what they did. And then you could get your medal. They could do something like that. You could, uh, on the bib, the, the part that they rip off to get your T-shirt, they could do that same thing for upper, well, on, on the bottom and on the top of your bib. They could use a little uh, thing that you could rip off for the T-shirt and one for the medal, and you would never have that problem. It, it yeah. can't be that difficult. Yeah, no, it, it really isn't. And, and obviously, we don't see the same problems with the US races. They've the only problem they did have last year was some of the medals got destroyed um, with the the hurricane. But other than that, I've never seen this issue with the the US races. So there's definitely some improvement there that can be be had, and and hopefully now Ron Disney themselves have got a bit more involvement from what I believe. Um, it I might mean, be a bit better next year. I mean, when I did my half marathon on Run Disney, when I got to the end of it, I just wanted to collapse and die, let alone worry about what stamp I've got to get out to get my medal. And... Oh, look at this. You know. All the show-offs here. Oh, I've done a Run Disney event. <laughs> we're yeah, we're right. the clangers. All three of you showing off. <laughs> Maybe one day. I, actually, I was actually hoping this year it might be my year, but I don't think... 
Well, I don't know. Let, let's see what happens when they announce the package. Uh, the um, the bibs. May maybe maybe I'll get to do a run. All thirty six k. Uh no, no. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm in shape enough to do that. I was a few months ago, but I I, I stopped running again. And I need to I need I need to pick it back up again. But uh, I, I think that might be a stretch too far at the moment. Um, now one of the um things that we did want to talk about with you um now we always like to be topical uh we like to talk about uh the things that have just happened we want to be you know the first out there with the news so as it's uh coming up to you know towards the end of january we thought we'd ask you about new year's eve because <laughs> i know that uh you went to the new year's eve event yeah, it's only three weeks ago, so it's still fresh in my head. So. <laughs> Good. Oh, well, at least, at least, I mean, someone asked me what happened three weeks ago. I I'd, I'd probably uh, wouldn't know what to do with myself, but I'm glad that, that you do. Um, now, we talked about this a few months ago. Um, well, probably longer than that, actually, when they first announced that um, they were going to be selling tickets for New Year's Eve. And this is the first time, and you can correct me where I'm wrong, because I will be wrong at some points, I'm sure. Uh, but I believe this is the first time in Disneyland Paris's history where New Year's Eve has actually been a ticketed event. Yeah. Good. Well, at least I know something for once then. Um, so what did you... If we start before the actual event itself, so like you know, with that kind of announcement... Um, ha- had you done New Year's Eve before at Disneyland Paris? We we did it last year. Okay. And we, or, except, well, you could never predict the weather. So, okay, we didn't see any of the fireworks because weather was just uh, that bad. Uh, but we, we, we did enjoy the parade, mm-hmm. who had lots of uh, rare characters. Uh, the animations uh, around uh, the... the the band playing, uh, the dance moves uh, thing going on. And, and that was a really nice thing, especially for a park that was open and you didn't have to pay any extra admission to, to get in. Mm. So what you, what you did get was, was a lot for the same money you would pay as a day guest. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think... Because, I mean, they haven't announced yet if what they're going to be doing for uh, New Year's Eve 2018 stroke 2019. Um, do you think that they will try and do that again, that they will keep it as a, as a hard ticketed event? Or um, do you think they might try and go back to, you know, it just being a, a normal night? Oh, no. I, as I seen it, um, it was, it was a bit crazy to get uh, all the wristbands it was sold out um, to, to to a real to to a maximum. Uh, nobody could get in uh, extra. So if it wasn't sold out, I think they they would have second doubts. But uh, they they got the money in. So I, I'm guessing it was just a a quick cash because they they could cash. It was sold out. So mm-hmm. why not do it again? Yeah, because I, I mean I've never done New Year's Eve myself. Uh, at Disneyland Paris, but I know friends that had done it before, and um, they said that it it was too busy, far too busy, like too many people in there. I don't think it necessarily reached capacity, but they weren't really able to, to kind of do the things that they wanted to do. Um, 
do you how did you feel this year did you or, or last year now do you feel that although it was an, a sold out event do you feel it was comfortable with the crowds or do you feel it was a bit busy still it, well from it's it's one of the things that comes with uh, putting videos on YouTube and I'm really not the only one uh, if you want a good spot for a parade then you have to wait a long time so that was the same thing for us so we spent a good deal of, of the night uh, waiting for the parade because we had a good spot. Mm. Uh, we waited for the fireworks because we had a good spot. We didn't see that much characters. We were lucky that uh, Lewis was uh, running uh, away from his uh, photo location and he stopped for uh, for a few pictures with us. Uh, but I can, I can see that uh, people who came to see the characters... Uh, especially the dance party who was um, in in the back of Discoveryland, and it it isn't that big over there. No. So that was that was a crowded place uh, to get in and out, uh, but there weren't any other animations. So I don't know if you have ever uh, been to another like a Halloween story, or they, they even mm. had it on the cast member party, the Christmas party this year. You have those uh, street animations with little um, music bands and those uh, guys walking around in costumes. That wasn't there on New Year's Eve. So I did miss a bit of animation for that money. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Um, so with regards to the parade itself, because there was, you know, and they'd announced what was going on. There was a bit of um, annoyance, I think, from parts of the Disney fan community um, because this was a ticketed event and the lineup for the night didn't seem to give too much for the the ticket price. Now, I don't... Was the ticket price about... Was it 39 euros? 49. 49 euros. was a full price, yeah. Okay. And the discount for Infinity Passes and we paid uh, 41 uh, to, to put that in a comparison with uh, Halloween night those are 49 and an annual pass will pay uh, 35 if I'm not mistaken. Right, so the okay. discount is bigger on Halloween night than on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah. But New Year's Eve is a big thing. I mean, I know Halloween really in Europe isn't uh, a massive thing like it is in America. So how very dare you <laughs> look, I didn't say we don't like it. I just say it's not as big. Although okay. it's getting there. It's getting there. Um, but, it's it's uh, not that big, but we got more for our money on Halloween than we did on New Year's Eve. Interesting, because I mean, I've done I've done Halloween before, but I've not done Halloween in Disneyland Paris. I think the last time I went to Halloween was 2010, maybe. Uh, it must have been around that time, um, or t- no, I think it was 2011. But I didn't actually do Halloween night itself. But I did. They had Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween um, at weekends that year. I know some some years they do that, and other years they just do something for Halloween. Um, but I think it was kind of the same thing. You know, you had special characters out for for Halloween, so you know a lot of villains that you wouldn't normally get out for meet and greets. And there was a special parade, uh, and special fireworks. Um, so, what? Go, looking at New Year's Eve. You said there was a special parade with some rare characters. So what kind of characters did you get on that parade? 
if it, it wasn't uh, just to to it wasn't that good as the 25th anniversary cavalcade. So well, let I, me start I, off know, with that. To, to be fair, I don't think are you talking about the actual dates, like the the 25th birthday itself? Yeah, I, I think you know we we talked about it in, in great detail, and actually uh, P Doubles was, uh, was able to go that day himself. Um, I had to watch it on a on a laptop. Um, but I mean, I, I think that is possibly the best parade I've seen anywhere in any Disney park. I thought that 25th anniversary thing was spectacular. So I wouldn't expect something anywhere near that kind of level uh, for New Year's Eve. Not for the price. Um, but saying that, well, uh, what did they do? Well, it was uh, announced that the parade would be uh, one and a half hours, uh, yeah. that it would have an overload of characters, and, and basically it were the same characters as we saw on the parade like uh, the year before that on, on the Stars and Cars parade. So a few of the... I wouldn't say... If, if you see a Halloween parade or another parade in, in Walt Disney World... All combined, we have, we had those characters. We had a, a bit of the, the the villains out. We had the Sultan out, and then um, the ones like Nick Wilde, uh, Judy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Joy, Sadness, uh, Bold, Kittens. But we have seen them all once at least, so nothing really new and special there. Right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so yes, yeah, so I can see why that might be a bit of a disappointment. Fair enough. Um, and what about the the actual fireworks itself? Were they because uh, did they did they show um, illuminations that night or no? Oh, thank God, no. <laughs> it, it, I, I'm trying to work out from you saying that. Is that because you don't like it or I do? I don't like it at all. Okay, that's, that's something that. Um, I have to admit, from start of eliminations until now, I think I've seen it about three or four times. Okay. And I've I, actually one was enough. Mm. So I could I could do with one. No, we had the fireworks on on New Year's Eve were really awesome. They they had um, an American feel to them. You know, like the fireworks you see at the Magic Kingdom. Mm. Uh, really one after another nicely combined i i really love the fireworks they for me the the 50 euros paid uh was it it was worth just for the fireworks wow okay okay i always remember the fireworks being so good at disneyland paris um but when when i started doing dreams and i really love dreams but the fireworks kind of took it to me took a back seat because the spectacle was really what they were doing on the castle. So I, I kind of accepted the fact that they'd cut down on the fireworks because, you know, it was an overall thing uh, rather than just you know like before it was really just to do with the fireworks and how pretty that was. But with dreams, you know, it was projecting onto the castle. So you're you're kind of you know your main focus was what was going on the castle and the fireworks just kind of were a bit background to it um but yeah i've i've seen i've seen bits of illumination and uh, my wife 
has uh, has seen uh, Illuminations. Um, I've not seen it in person yet. And P-Dubs, I don't think you saw it, did you? I've seen it once. I saw it in June. Okay. What what did you what do you think of Illuminations, especially compared to Dream? <laughs> to be fair, I think they haven't changed a lot. Uh, Dreams was very clever for when it first came around um, and was still a great show and I don't think Illuminations has improved on that. I would say that I don't think it's a bad show but I don't think it's done anything new. Well, the thing for me with Dreams is that there was a story, it had a story to it. Um, From what I've seen, again, I've only seen like YouTube videos of, of Illuminations but it just seems to be a collection of, of film clips. It doesn't seem yeah. to have any kind of story to it. Whether you like the story of Dreams or not, the fact is, it had a proper story. Yeah. You know? And I think that that is lacking. And that's that's really what's been Magic Kingdom's game um, in Happily Ever After, because it's essentially Dreams on steroids. You know? Yeah. Even some of the scenes are exactly the same. So, but yeah, now with, oh, sorry. Oh, no, with, with, with eliminations, we got like it starts off because I was surprised. It starts off nice with, with the, the, the Lion King part in there. The end isn't too bad, but then everything in the middle sucks. Like, <laughs> I mean, I can go to my movie theater uh, each and every night and see the same thing there than I would see it on the castle. Mm. So I don't need that. I don't, especially not in in Paris where it's cold uh, most of the time. So I don't even bother anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think I think that's it. I think for a lot of, especially for me, when I went and Dreams was on, I would have to see it at least once a trip. Even though, unless you went for like Christmas or something, the show was the same. Uh, you know, month in month out. Um, but I, I would make sure I saw it, you know, at least once a trip. I, of course, I don't go as frequently as as, as you do. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd probably go a few times a year and I would always see it at least once. But everyone that I know that's that's been out to Disneyland Paris more than uh, once uh, since Illuminations has started hasn't had that uh, need to go and see it again. So I think that's I think that's quite telling. I wonder how long it will last. You know, Dreams had a run of you know almost five years, didn't it? It was a twentieth anniversary show, um, but I I don't think Illumination is going to last that long. Uh, I'm afraid it will. Ugh. Well, let's <laughs> let's all uh, let's all hope, I suppose. Um, now, one of the other things I wanted to to ask you about was. Um, because I saw some of your videos talking about uh, the hotels. But what was interesting for me is that, um, you know, you'd also focused on some of the partner hotels, which I don't think a lot of people do. Like, they normally just focus on, you know, the actual Disney hotels. Um, So how often do you stay... I don't want to say off-site, because, you know, a lot of those hotels are actually on Disney property, but... Um, how often do you stay at a Disney hotel compared to staying at a partner hotel? Oh, I think we're going to be at about 
five to ten percent I'm staying at a Disney hotel mm -hmm. and all the other visits are uh, in a non-Disney hotel even if it's it's on the bigger property but uh, mostly off-site and it's I just want to to show that what the videos because if we go to to Walt Disney World we always stay on site we will always stay at um, a Disney hotel but I don't think that at this uh, time and point the Disney hotels in Paris are worth the money and we we've stayed uh, the last time we stayed at the Disneyland hotel was uh, last September and Really, it, it, it needs uh, the refurbishments really bad. Um, and it isn't worth the, the six, seven hundred euros a night. It, mm. it isn't worth it at all. I, I, yeah, I think that's kind of the problem because... So, we have quite a lot of American listeners. Um, I know that there are some listeners that um, will have been to Disneyland Paris. Um, hello, Amber. But a lot of them won't have been to Disneyland Paris. So, um, you know, for, for those people that haven't been or haven't looked into Disneyland Paris, Disneyland Paris is probably more similar to Disneyland in, in California, in Anaheim, um, than Disney World. Disney World is, is huge. And if you stay on property, you're not walking to a hotel, uh, you're not walking to a park, unless you stay at, like, the boardwalk or something. Um, most of the hotels are because it's such a big place um, you need to get some kind of transportation to uh, to one of the parks whilst Disneyland Paris um, you know a lot of the hotels on property uh, and all Disney hotels especially are you know it's actually walkable you know it's you know 10-15 minute walk into the parks so um, you know that, you know that there's there's that but I mean I, I'm somebody that stays and has stayed off-site a lot more than I've stayed on-site. I normally stay in Val de Europe um, rather than one of the partner hotels on property just because I like being able to um, go to the shopping centre. Um, you know, there's a there's a big supermarket there so you can get, you know, drinks and snacks and that kind of thing. Um, and you're either a, a short bus journey or you're one stop away on the train. Um, so I like having that kind of flexibility. Um, but I do find the Disney hotels to be very expensive for what they are. Um, especially when you've got so many good hotels in the area, um, at a much lower cost as well. So, um, yeah, I just found it interesting because a lot of people just kind of focus on staying on Disney property, but, um, yeah, I think there's there's advantages to not doing so. Now, you you obviously talked about um, you've gone to, Dis uh, to Disney World before. Um, have you been to any other Disney parks around the world? Uh, the Disneyland uh, Park in, in California. Mm -hmm. And until this day, not one of the Asian parks. So they're, they're on the list, uh, but we always end up going to, to uh, Orlando rather than the, the, the Asian parks, but we're gonna we we want to to make a change in that uh, really soon. We don't know when yet, but um, it will happen. We, at least for uh, Hong Kong, we want to wait until the new castle is there. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it will happen. It will happen. But uh, for now, only the the U.S. parks and and the Paris one. If you um, 
if you had the choice of going to any of the Asian parts, j- just imagine that the castle's finished in Hong Kong, um, but you could go to one of the Asian parks. Which one do you think you'd go to first? Tokyo, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Is that yeah, because of it, Disney Sea or? I think it's no. It 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 really is the complete package. It's it's the thing that. Um, if I have friends of mine who've been, the guests are respectful, the park is clean, uh, the staff is just that good. Uh, so I think it's more of that. It, it's like the Disney we've always wanted uh, in Paris, but then in Tokyo. Mm. You know, like respectful guests, not eating their picnic on the lawn or something like that. Uh, people actually waiting in line and not shoving their kids in front of you. Just all those things. Not smoking in the queues. Um, P-dubs. Or in the park, anywhere else. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> P-dubs, uh, Mr. Ripley, uh, the same question to you. If you could go to an Asian park tomorrow, because I know that you haven't been either, um, where would you go? Shanghai. Straight out the gate. Straight yeah. out the gate. like it. I like it. What about you, P-Dubs? I'm already partly planning a trip to Tokyo in the next probably five years. But we're already planning now um, to do at least a trip to Tokyo. So like- I, I have got a couple of friends that, that live there um, ah. and go regularly. Um, so that's definitely in the near future. I mean, I, I, on one hand, I agree with both P-Dubs and Axel that I would like to go to Tokyo, um, mainly because Disney Sea just fascinates me, and I've always wanted to go to Japan. But on the other hand, the attractions at Shanghai, um, like the exclusive attractions, make me want to go there really badly. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, it's a tough one. It's a really tough one. Um, P-Dubs... Any questions that you wanted to to ask Axel? Uh, I was just uh, more for a personal side of things. Having been, I was an annual pass holder for since the first uh, race weekend. So I covered the 25th anniversary last year. And I didn't renew it this year just because I've got some personal things. But when the run comes around again in September, I'll be getting another one. Just any of those kind of hidden gems that, that are your favorites that people don't possibly see. Um, maybe even someone like me that spent a year going but has missed certain things is there anything that really stands out for you that people should go and see that they might not for for the moment you mean in, in any shows attractions or something like that or yeah just uh, just any real hidden secrets that that people should go and see like I know a lot of people don't realize the dragons underneath the castle uh, and just things like that uh, I think for for a first time who has been to 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 other parks, I think just going up in the castle is is one of my favorite things to do because you you can't do that in, in the U.S. parks. So just walk up those stairs, stand on 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 the balcony of of the castle, then the dragon uh, underneath it, uh, and yeah, for the moment. It, even though it's closed, one of my favorites will always be uh, Phantom Manor. Uh, 
yeah, it, it's just I have that relationship with Phantom Manor, so I think everybody should at least go once. But now they have to wait until uh, sure. until fall. Um, but I don't know. There are so many things that uh, if I would take somebody to to Disneyland Paris, I think first of all. Um, go to to waltz uh to to eat something i know everybody's gonna crap on me because it's so expensive but on the other hand it's so nice to have a, a decent uh, restaurant in the middle of main street um the the way the the restaurant is built where you have all the lands of disneyland paris integrated in that restaurant if you ask your waiter you say okay i'm a big fan of discovery land you're going to be seated in the discovery land room and that's still one of, of one of my favorite things to to go and to walk around the restaurant before we eat and show them all the the, the little stuff. So, I think yeah, that would be one of my favorites. I love Waltz as well. I think it's a fantastic Disney restaurant. Um, it's a shame that that uh, the uh, in Disneyland, for example, the only way to get on the first floor of Main Street is through the uh, private club but um, it'd be nice if um, they had something similar like that in uh, the Magic Kingdom hmm. I did, they, they have a, a, such a nice thing with Walt there and I think it's not open long enough I think they could offer more than just uh, lunch or, or dinner even a fancy breakfast even uh, high tea no matter what, uh, but just make use of that beautiful space uh, and let more people enjoy it. Well, because it's it's not actually often open that late for dinner, is it? No, it isn't. So yeah, that's 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 a that's a thing to think about actually. The Tis After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Hey there, my name is Wendy Prater. I've been an agent with Magical Journeys Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner for five years now. I'm also a proud sponsor of the Dis After Dark podcast. These guys are great. Keep listening. Whether you have been guilted into taking your little princess to see Elsa or you're wanting to drink around the world showcase in a fabulous adult vacation, let me help you create the most magical experience by cutting out your stress. I make the plans, you make the memories. I'll find you the best deals and arrange your whole itinerary. My services are free, so why not? Mention this ad for $25 off your deposit. I also specialize in universal vacations, all major cruise lines, and all-inclusive vacations. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com to get started. Yes. Um, what I was going to ask is, Mr. Ripley, was there any questions you had for Axel? Uh, what? Um, 
What time's the parade? What, what, <laughs> yeah, what time's the three o'clock parade? Uh, what what do, what do you do um, when it comes to uh, the annual pass? What do you? What pass have you got, and what would you recommend based on how much you go? Based on how much uh, we go and the things we do, uh, we both got an infinity. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely do it again, um, and a lot of people hate me uh, for saying this, but I think the infinity for the amount of things you get is not uh, high enough in price. It's just uh, too affordable for, for everybody. Uh, you see way too many infinity passes. You see that when you arrive uh, in the parking lot, well, the infinity parking is, is full. Uh, then you know it's, it's, it's too affordable. So I don't say they have to double the price. But it's like, it's still okay for, for the price. Uh, you get the premium parking. You get the separate entrance, although you have that with the Magic Plus 2. You have the friends and family tickets, but hey, I'm only there for myself. If friends want to go, they have to pay. Um, <laughs> so I think with the, the biggest thing for me with the Infinity Pass over the last year must have been uh, meeting, uh, well, being able to see at least for a brief second uh, Johnny Depp. Um, and that was thanks to the Infinity Pass. So that 400 euros uh, made up for that uh, in just one second. Wow. What was um, Johnny Depp doing there again? Remind me. It was for the um, launch, well, the launch, the, the European premiere of the new Pirates movie. Oh, of course. Yeah. So they, they were all there. Um, and with the Infinity Pass, you could win uh, a place to see uh, the little show they did on uh, Central Plaza. And then afterwards, they, they all came by signing the books, cards, uh, whatever crap people put in their hands. Because, <laughs> I mean, you make a good point there, uh, Axel, about the price of, of passes, and it's something that we've talked about many times over the years. And um, I think when I first started doing the show, uh, and I, got a, I bought a Dream Pass, because I was a shareholder, um, I, I mean, technically, I still I still have a shareholders card. Um, they gave everyone a, a ten year extension to those that um, sold their shares back to Disney. A lovely um, silver one. <laughs> yes, right. Um, and and so you know, I get the benefits of like sell on Mickey, but it meant that um, when I bought park tickets, if I wanted to buy a, an annual pass, I think the Dream Pass cost me about hundred and. 60 euros or so, 150 euros. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, it mm-hmm. always seemed like such a good deal. And I know that there was a lot of uproar when uh, they announced the new uh, annual passes. Um, again, something we spoke about at the time and kind of were a bit mixed on. But um, I, I think you're right. If you look at the other Disney parks, then, you know, Disneyland Paris is, is very, very cheap for what you get. Well, comparing to the regular uh, entrance prizes mm. uh, that that are quite in line with with the U.S. parks, if if we have to say we're almost at a hundred uh, euros a day, so that's that's not too bad. Uh, we're quite in line with uh, the U.S. parks on that. Uh, so our annual passes are are still quite cheap, uh, if you can if you can say it like that. Um, 
people people do hate me for saying that something at, at 400 euros would be cheap. But on the other hand, somebody who goes every weekend uh, to see a football game uh, is going to pay way more than that. So I think, it, and I, I do think, and I do see it uh, going up in, in the coming months or even year. Uh, it will not stay 400 euros. It, it will go up, I think. But we will see what, we, what we're going to get. Well, yeah, and again, I, I mean, one thing that I've seen a lot recently on, on Facebook groups and stuff like that is people saying, oh, Disney, you know, Disney didn't used to be this expensive. Why does Disney have to be this expensive? They should lower their prices. And on one hand, I can see why people might say that. <clears throat> but on the other hand, um, you know, Disney is a business and they need to make money. And the one thing that for many, many years it didn't do was, you know, especially Disneyland Paris, was make money. Um, you know, every year it reported losses. And, you know, Disney is not a holiday for everybody, and it's not a holiday that, unfortunately, everybody can afford. Um, and it can't be a holiday that everybody can afford. Um, you know, it, it just is what it is. And, and for some people, going to a Disney park is a once-in-a-lifetime holiday. Whether or not you wish you could go back every year or not is, you know, a different story. But, you know, for what you actually get and for the, you know, paying the staff and building attractions and maintaining things, then, you know, they have to be able to justify um, how they can they can stay in business. And that means prices do have to go up, unfortunately. So, yes, whilst there will always be people that will look down on you if you think that things are too cheap or um, that they should lower their prices. The fact of the matter is that, you know, they can't. And, and the other thing as well is if, if their prices were too high, people wouldn't go. Do, do you think on that point about Disney now having a much larger stake in the ownership of Paris, as in the main Disney company, will that long term, will we see larger bigger more imaginative plans for disneyland paris uh, what you mean something like fan days <laughs> no no bigger more hotels another <clears throat> gate i mean um, is there any word that they're going to expand or yeah, I think so. It's 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 uh, especially uh, there's there's a lot of um, work that can be done on the Walt Disney Studios. I see a lot of things uh, actually also happening uh, there in in the coming few years. I mean, in, in 2022, um, the park will celebrate his uh, 20th uh, birthday. So thirtieth, actually. Be thirty years. Uh, no, I was talking about uh, the Walt Disney Studios. Oh, sorry. Yes, I'll shut up. No, no worries. <laughs> uh, so, so I do think uh, they're gonna they're gonna put in uh, a lot more work in there. Uh, that we have something already for that uh, birthday, and then afterwards, uh, even even more. Uh, I do believe. Um, there is uh, room for, for uh, some more hotels, or well, at least one Disney hotel would be nice, uh, one extra hotel. Um, I don't see the third park uh, happening very soon, but more an extension of the, uh, the Walt Disney Studios. 
Well, I think originally there was a timeline that they had to start work on a third part, but that was under the original agreement before Disney have taken ownership. So I don't know if that means that that is now null and void. But I think they had to start work on a third gate by 2025 or something. Um, but I don't if know. I'm not... I don't know. I don't know if that's. Uh, I don't know if that info is complete correct, which I have. But by um, signing uh, on uh, to uh, Center Parks and uh, Pierre Vacances for the uh, Village uh, Nature, mm-hmm. I think that that could be um, already a step in the direction of or buying more time. Uh, or showing the, front, the, the French government that they do invest uh, and that the land is being used uh, for attracting more people with uh, that, well, I'm not going to say it's a, it's, a, it's a complete third park, but more like a, a little uh, water park and, and, and family park uh, that, that just joined the, the, the group. Mm. I, I did wonder that because um, I was at a shareholders me- meeting when they they first talked about the deal that had been struck to build that, and it wasn't particularly clear at that point whether or not they were going to try and use that as being a third gate or not. Um, so uh, yeah, I suppose I suppose time will tell. But yeah, I mean, I, personally, I don't really think they need another hotel. Occupancies, you know, has been increasing, but. I don't think it's at the levels yet that they need to invest in another hotel. And I think it's, if anything, its biggest problem is that they <clears throat> had so many hotels when they first opened. You know, those first Did couple it? of years at Disneyland Paris, they actually had some of those hotels almost become seasonal. They did, but on the other hand, now we're... They're, they're going almost uh, above 90% uh, occupancy for, for the hotels. Um, with uh, Hotel New York and the Disneyland Hotel closing, mm. I'm not saying that it has to be there before that, but I do believe that there's room for more like a, a middle price range uh, family hotel, mm. uh, especially now that uh, the... Hotel Xi'an lost their, their bunk beds. Uh, I think, for me, the refurbishment downgraded that hotel into a nice family hotel, uh, really to, I don't know, maybe you could sleep with two, but there's, there's one who has basically, one kid who has to sleep basically on the floor with, with the new beds they installed. So I'm not a fan of that, not at all. So yeah, I, they they could use a, a family hotel and maybe some some bigger even uh, rooms that that like you have in in the partner hotels room with with a middle door that they can join and then you have can like three uh, rooms in a row something like that something that's missing right now. Well, I mean, I have to say, as a parent with two children, um, I know um, there'll always be one child that I'll be more than happy to let sleep on the floor. So. Um, you know, they always say that you don't have favourites. No, you do. You do. It's a lie. Um, but no, I think that's a good point. I, I think they could learn some lessons from from things like the art of animation um, at Disney World, where you kind of get those bigger rooms. Um, yeah. There's definitely a, a market there, and yeah, there's a lot, as you say, a lot of refurbishment going on. I don't think the 
Disneyland hotel refurbishment will start until New York has been done. But um, yeah, may, maybe maybe if the occupancy is, I didn't realise it's gone as high as that. But yeah, maybe if it has done, then um, they should get cracking and open something else up. Um, now, uh, what we like to do as, as well on this on this show is talk about some of the the news that's been going on around. Uh, the time that we in between when we've been recording and there's been a few things that have come up since we last got together um p does was there anything that stood out for you that you wanted to to mention first of all yeah i was going to bring up the um bamtech the company that walt disney the walt disney company bought a couple of years ago um that is now in charge of disney streaming service uh, they've actually named their uh, executive, their vice president uh, of the, the project. Uh, they've hired former uh, Apple and Samsung executive Kevin Swint to to run the show. He was a, a director of uh, iTunes International Movies for, for Apple. Um, and he, he took over Samsung's online music and, and video streaming service as well over the last five years um so that's quite a big move they've now got someone running running the project um before it 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 launches in in a year or so so this is a question actually axel um you're best versed to ask this do you have disney life in belgium no no unfortunately wow um, so yes, yeah, so I, I suppose this will be part of the Disney streaming service in America. It's kicking off, Paul. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I didn't. Re- I, I honestly thought that more countries had Disney Life than just us, but clearly not. Which no, and not for as far as I know, not in France as well. So, but yeah. I'm not sure about that. But I didn't think so. I, I I think it must be just UK and Ireland. I mean, we only see adverts for the UK and Ireland for it, um, but I just assume for obvious reasons. But uh, hmm. so I wonder if this launch in America Paul, was going to be a global rollout. I think they will certainly look towards a global thing. As we we've, we've mentioned, it could be possible that Disney Life just gets expanded. Hmm. Um. Because it's a fairly comprehensive library at the moment. Um, given their dues, they have improved it massively since it first started. And I don't see what else other than new stuff that they're creating themselves that they could really add to Disney Life that's going to change it. So mm. I would imagine it might be just an expansion of, of what we already know. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I hope that's what it is. Um, you know, I, I think that I think it's still lacking a little bit in the UK. I think unless you've got the right device to watch it on, like um, it, Craig has it on Apple TV, and it's a really good app on on the Apple TV. But it's only on the latest Apple TVs. We've got an older Apple TV, and it, it doesn't. So you've got to AirPlay it, and it could be a bit temperamental. And the uh, Disney Life on the iPhone isn't particularly it isn't as intuitive as the Apple TV version. So um, I'd like to see that improved. But when it works, it works brilliantly. But uh, when it doesn't, it's uh, yeah, it just feels a little bit cheap. 
I think. Mm. Yeah, and uh, as I said, I I think the library itself is is great that they've they've input, uh, but as you say, possibly the the operating system itself isn't as good as it could be. Mm. Um, something did we did we talk on the last? I've really drawn a blank on this. Did we talk on the last show about um, Tower of Terror? Uh, the the rumored unchange, yeah, of Tower of Terror. Yeah, we did. I thought we I thought we had done. So that, yeah. that's fine. Uh, but one thing that's been that has uh, happened since we last got together is fan days, which Axel touched upon a bit earlier on. Um, before we go any further, I need to issue an apology out uh, because we did um, we did confuse one of our, at least one listener on the last show. Uh, apologies, Matt, um, because um, we said that uh, did, did we say he was our second favorite prince or third favorite prince? Second favorite second after favorite. Prince Harley. Yeah, um, we we we. Uh, incorrectly said that Prince Aliwad bin Talal was behind fan days. Um, and no, it's actually uh, Prince Fahad Al-Sword is behind fan days. So the, the good thing is, though, knowing that this is the situation that we've got and where the confusion come from, is we've managed to find out... Uh, well, I think, anyway. I think we've managed to uncover... Um, what that song by the Spin Doctors was all about in 1994. Um, of course, that's Two Princes. Because we didn't know what princes they were talking about. Uh, and clearly, they were talking about the two Saudi princes that had their fingers in the pies of Disneyland Paris. I think you'll find it was Prince Ali. No, no. It definitely says here Prince Fahid Al-Sald. No, Prince Ali, wonderful he, Ali Abadwa. And what, a, what was the other Prince Prince? Because he would have been the artist formerly known as Prince or Symbol at the time. Yeah, but so he, he's dead, him. though. He is now. He wasn't in 1994. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going off. So, Fan Days um, had a very spectacular launch um, to sell its packages. How as per DLP's usual style yeah did it did it last about 15 minutes before the phone lines completely crashed and they had to take the tickets off site off south yeah i yeah. think so it didn't last very long yeah they did get them back relatively quickly though i think about four or five hours later they were available to book again um better than race weekend <laughs> yeah we couldn't have got any worse um but they released the first lot of packages which were were they premium packages yeah they were the themed ones right Okay, um, and then today they launched the, I suppose, standard packages in that case. Yeah, classic. Classic. So yeah. these packages that they launched today, uh, as we record this, so it's like 20-ish of January, um, were either one or two nights in a Disneyland hotel. And that got you uh, your stay... Tickets into the park, tickets to the events, uh, meet and greets, all that kind of jazz. Um, what did you think of the prices, Paul? Did you um, see the prices? Yeah, I did. And just to warn people, they are going to go up as well. Not by These much, just, though. Not by a lot, but still. 
You've got just you, a warning. You've got about three weeks to get them at the the cheap rates. Yeah, before they the go up. Bird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought they were overpriced. I so I think the cheapest price was uh, was about three hundred and sixty pound for one night. Yeah. One night. Um. <laughs> And obviously, uh, you know, almost double that for two. Um, but if you, that was kind of like per person price. And what I thought was quite interesting was that um, if if you booked it, so that you know that was kind of like two adults. But if you had like four adults or two adults, two children, then it actually came down to just under three hundred pound each per night the, yeah. at the cheapest at the cheapest rate. But I think. Was a Disneyland hotel about six hundred pounds? Six roughly, yeah, I think. Yeah. So I, I actually didn't think it was that bad. I mean, it's still a lot for what it is. Don't get me wrong, but I think you know, going back to Axel's point earlier, they could have probably got away with charging more, and people still would have paid the money. Um, but these prices are valid until the fifteenth of February. It's the fifteenth of February. Yeah. They go up. Um, now, you know, I, I think we're still kind of on the fence here about whether or not we'd actually want to kind of go out. But uh, Axel, as somebody that has a pass, um, what's what are you doing? Are you going? Um, you know, what what are your thoughts on on all of this? For now, I'm just crying, but I was uh, really disappointed uh, that day. If they if they're gonna call it fan days, and somebody attacked me on Twitter for saying that, but um, a lot of the fans, and I'm not saying every fan, I'm not saying that every Disney fan has to have a annual pass, but a lot of the fans, um, especially the locals, have an annual pass, and they don't even offer a solution for somebody who already has his pass. I'm not talking if they want to push their packages. Uh, they do the same thing for the run. You know, I can live with that. Um, but then they should do it without the tickets and without the photo pass, uh, unless it's a, a special uh, nighttime photo pass like they have for the, the run Disney again. But the prices are that high. And if you ask me, mainly also uh, because of the tickets, and as we already have our tickets, I don't want to spend that insane amount of money uh, because we we can enter the park whenever we want. Yeah, I think this all of this at the moment is definitely aimed at those that don't have an annual pass. Very clear that that's exactly what it is. And to go back to your comment about the photo pass, it does suggest that it's a special fan days photo pass. So I think it will be similar to like the Run Disney one that they do. Um, so it won't be like a standard photo pass. Um, but regardless, um, you know, this is clearly aimed at those people that don't have an annual pass that are looking to just have a, a, a short trip. And I don't know. It, I, I mean, they've announced a few things, haven't they, Paul? Um, yeah. This week, which were interesting. We talked about them, didn't we? Um, we did, yeah. So it was Eddie Valiant and Roger Rabbit were going to do a meet and greet. And yeah. Oswald and... Hortense. 
Hortensia. Hortensia. Yeah. yeah. I can never remember her name. Uh, just Oswald with a with a hat and a bow. Um, but and that was going to be the first time that they'd, they'd done that at a Disney park. So that would be a very unique meet and greet. But um, it does seem like it's you're not. I don't think you're getting as much. Uh, you know, bang for your buck as as you have done at other kind of ticketed events. And I think it'd be very interesting to see what those prices are going to be for those. Um, yeah. And I suppose, you know, we don't know, but I'd, I'd imagine that the amount of tickets released to the public, you know, just, just standard tickets for the event itself, will depend on how many packages they sell. Yes, indeed. I mean, I'm guessing that there'll be, you know, a cap as to how many tickets they have for the event. And depending on how many packages they sell between now and whenever they announce the the event ticket pricing will be um, how many tickets go on general on general release. Um, and then I have to say... Theme... I was just oh, going to say, I believe, the, I, I believe the theme packages have actually sold out. The higher priced ones, yeah, the high priced ones sold out. They weren't. Yeah. There weren't many of those. though, was there? No, there was only a small well, number. Three hundred. Really, as many as that? Yeah. Jesus. So th- that's well. If you know that uh, prices were well in, in euros for us, the most expensive one was eleven hundred euros, and that was for a stay at at Santa Fe. Um, I mean. That's a lot of money, and I just I'm afraid that the, the limited tickets they're gonna put on sale. Everybody with an annual pass is gonna wait, and we're gonna have the same thing that happened to the Bips on the Run Disney and happened the first day that the, the premium packages uh, went online. Things are gonna crash and burn. Yep, and the whole thing is gonna sink quicker than the Titanic. <laughs> that was pretty quick um, with, with uh, people uh, being disappointed uh, and not being able to go because if if rumors of prices with ticket prices somewhere between 100 and 150 uh, euros um, I, I can live with those prices if you see other events at, at the Magic Kingdom or, or uh, anywhere else in, in the US parks I can live with that uh, price for, for a ticket for that night uh, being limited people there and, and still having to see a, a lot of characters. So I could live with that price. And I would maybe even be happy to stay on site if it would get me in. But I don't have anything. I, I cannot do anything with these tickets. And officially, I, can, I can't even resell them. So you're locked in, in, in some kind of way. So, I mean, this this event, I mean, I thought this was a, a Disney-run event when it was first announced. It's obviously become clear now that this is essentially a private party um, that's being put on by our now second favourite prince. Um, the other one's been knocked <laughs> down to third. Um <laughs> When we have these kind of things in America, because obviously, um, you know, we've had events in Disney World, like the the, uh, the Villains event, for example. 
are they done by Disney, or are these also private parties done in a similar fashion? I think as far as I'm aware, they are Disney. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if I was Disney right now, and I've seen that you've done 300, let's just say it was 300, right? They've done 300 high premium packages to uh, essentially a a one a one off one day event um and they've sold out um if i was disney i'd be thinking why am i not doing this you know could could we see if this is a success could we see disney actually thinking of doing their own events like this going forward I do. I, I I hope so. First of all, um, but to to be quite fair, you guys are, are one of the the only ones who uh, publicly speak about the one who's throwing the party, because it's like the, the 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 big secrets. Like everybody knows, but nobody is allowed or, or uh, uh, has, has uh, the nerd the guts to say it. Uh, who's throwing the party? Uh, and then, I mean, it's, it's basically that he's, he's throwing the party. He's, uh, buying all of the characters. He's buying, uh, everything throughout, uh, business solutions, I would guess. And he can ask and charge as, as much or as little as he wants. And I think to, to get there, uh, to get Disney on his side, um, they push the packages because if, if he would just, uh, throw, the, the, the soiree and, and sell his tickets, they wouldn't, Disney wouldn't be sure to, to have anything, to have any piece of that cake because he would just pay his event like he would pay any other event that he's throwing, mm. but all the other extra cash would be for him. And now Disney is, is, is picking its seed with the hotel rooms that are pushed upon the Disney fans. It's a it's a good way of looking at it, and uh, what I like the most there, P Dubs, Mister Ripley, you are you heard what Axel said. We are the bad boys of Disney podcasting, essentially. We're flipping the <laughs> switch. Are. We're throwing the tables over. We don't care who we upset. Uh, Disney don't like us already. I was so. say it's because people don't like us anyway, so we don't care. Um, but no, I mean, I think you know, I, I don't see why it should be. You know, I don't think officially it's a big secret. It, you know, obviously the information is out there, um, but it, yeah, I, I suppose unless they sell packages, Disney really aren't getting anything extra out of it. So yep. it's probably why they're pushing it as they are, because you know the smart money would be well, why don't Disney just you know do packages and and do tickets to the event and release them all at the same time. But I suppose this way it maximizes how much Disney can actually get out of this deal. Um, yeah, but yeah, you know, it's not good for the 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 the, the ticket, uh, the annual pass hold or anything like that. It, you know, there's no benefit for you at this moment in time um, because well, it's the, the sad part is that the Infinity Pass was introduced like. You guys, uh, although we don't pay that much, you guys have a priority in uh, special event tickets and all that crap. And this is a special event. And not uh, at one moment in time, 
Disney communicated and say from, hey, you are loyal Disney fans, our uh, Infinity Pass holders, you guys get a heads up and uh, 48 hours before everyone else, you get the possibility, you don't have to, but you get the possibility to book your stay or your tickets. And, and that wasn't even true. So even though you still had to buy the tickets, they could offer you the, the, the privilege of, of having like 24 or 48 hours before the rest, but now that isn't happening as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you do seem to get a bit of the rough end of the deal by buying uh, their premium ticket. Yeah. Uh, P-Dubs, was there anything you wanted to add to that, or was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, I was just going to bring up um, the the gentleman that brought uh, Chef de France to Epcot, passed away, Paul Bacuse, I believe his name was, um, was passed away in the last week or so. Um, Sad, obviously, he was... I don't think he was still working there anymore, but yeah, the the head chef when they first moved it, the guy that that created Chef de France passed away. I'm gonna be really naive now and say, what was Chef de France? It's the it's the restaurant in France in Epcot. Oh right, oh I know the place. Yeah, so that makes sense now. Yeah. I think I think Chris Ripley died a little bit inside when I asked that question. <laughs> Being a simpleton. No, I publicly announced the wrong prince the other week, mate. Don't listen to anything I say. <laughs> Most of it's bullshit. Um, Mr. Ripley, on that note, yes. was there anything that you wanted to uh, to bring no, to the table? No, I think I've uh, said everything I wanted to say. Thank you. Fair enough. Um, right, I, I think, unless unless I've missed anything else, P-Dubs, I think that's probably about it, isn't it? No, that is more or less it, I think. Excellent. So, um, before we wrap up, um, Axel, we mentioned at the top of your show, you've got a YouTube channel. Um, so, if, uh, if people aren't familiar with your work, uh, where can they find you on YouTube? Uh, on YouTube, actually, on, on every social media, or well, almost every social media, uh, under Curious Axel, and, and you'll find me. Fair enough. There you go. What about MySpace? Uh, I think that's the only one still a bit behind, but not too far. I'm working on it. I'm working on it and all the other crap too. Uh, I think mainly uh, it will be um, YouTube and, and Twitter. And although I'll, I try to post some pictures on Instagram, I only have two hands and, and one uh, can handle a camera, the other one something to eat. But taking pictures in between is a hard task. So. Um, mainly it will be YouTube and Twitter. Fair enough. And um, so I'm not familiar with, with his work. If you're, or you're like me, you're not really into vlogs. If you um, hate the idea of watching a YouTube video where somebody just sits there staring at a camera and telling you every minute detail about everything that they've, they've done uh, that day or, 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 you know, something like that, um, Axel's almost the complete opposite of that. Um, you see him in his videos, but um, a lot of his videos, it's it's him kind of commentating on, on, on what's going on and what he's looking at. And um, I think what's unique is that you, you definitely do a lot of um, videos about things that people don't generally do. So, uh, you know, 
I saw one of the videos say you was going around Disney Village. I don't think there's many people that do that. Um, around the hotels and uh, the food options. So anyone that's got a passing interest in uh, Disneyland Paris, definitely check those videos out. Um, really worthwhile. And um, yeah, you've, you've picked up a new uh, fan in me. So, And that, that's nothing. I don't really follow many vlogs. So, you know, consider yourself uh, popular, at least here. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And thank you very much for joining us as well. Um, as always, if you want to engage with us, you can find us on Twitter at DisasterDark on facebook.com forward slash disasterdark um instagram probably pinterest i don't know i don't follow all that stuff <laughs> i feel so old now i've got no idea what's going on MySpace, um, bebo that's it exactly teletext teletext yeah grinder <laughs> um for craig anyway <laughs> Um, so check us out on all of those um, but yeah please leave us an iTunes review, get in touch with us uh, you can email us as well at uh, disasterdark at gmail.com um, and, and we're always uh, you know excited to get emails and questions so please uh, get in touch um, there'll be a new Universal After Dark uh, towards the weekend I think, we have a very special guest so look out for that Strike, Paul. We got a new strike coming out anytime soon. Yeah, we're recording Wednesday. Wednesday, so one out by the end of the week. There'll be a new ego to the four people that listen to me, Craig, and uh, that orange-headed buffoon Lee uh, talking about nonsense. So look out no, for no, no. that. That bearded orange-headed buffoon. Oh yes, yes, he now has a beard. He's got an egg warmer now. So have I, actually. You should really... I've not shaved in eight weeks. You should see my facial fluff at the moment. Like Dave Letty. <laughs> yeah, I've gone the other way. <laughs> yeah, your B-dubs... No beard, no hair. He's gone back to being 12. Um, but yes, <laughs> thank you for listening. And we will see you uh, for another Diz After Dark uh, in a couple of weeks. So until then, goodbye. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> I was like, what's the delay? Why is no one saying anything? <laughs>